and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. It's always an adventure with my wife, yeah? Give it up for Marcus. Give me some space, bro. Yeah, bro, we'll just share. Praise God. I'm going to give you my offering spiel this morning, and I'm going to read to you scripture. Oh, man, you see? This is what the Bible says in Malachi 3. It says, bring all, say all. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. Meaning, let's bring something to the house so that we have something to give. Are you alive? Yeah. You're going to do better during the preaching than worship today. We did good during worship, but it's going to be gooder and gooder. My wife hates that. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven and I will pour out a blessing so great you will have enough, you won't have enough room to take it in. Then he says, try it, put it to the test. Your crops, which was the currency of the time, your crops will be abundant for you and I will guard them. How many of you know this is good? This is a good word. Because in a world right now where things are fleeting, there's no security, It's like everything's unstable. God is saying, listen, bring something to the house. Sow something in so that the rest of it can be protected. Are you here? Oh, my goodness. Don't make me come down there. And here's here's what I want to say to you guys this morning. God can do more with your 90 than you can do with your 100. Your 100% in your hands is way less than giving God 10% and having 90%. Because here's the reality, it's all his. Oh, should we just talk about money today, bro? No, we're gonna talk about prayer. But I, I wanna invite you guys, because listen, he's the one that, I didn't say this, I'm not, I'm not saying I dare you, it's God. Like, try it. Like, be a part of what God is doing. And we say all the time, I'd abide you give to mission and to vision. And what are we trying to do? We're trying to build a, we're trying to build a dwelling place for God where people can get on fire for him and be launched out. Wow, Marcus, thank you, bro. We're going to get there. We're trying to build a dwelling place for God where he can come and abide. And as he's here, people will be lit on fire and sent out. That's better. That's better. That's better. So I want to invite you into that because I love you. And I think the best thing for you is to take yourself out of the narrative and that your story becomes his story. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to take ourselves out of the narrative and say, this is God. There's no way I, I, there's no way I could do that. And so a part of that is, is by sowing and being faithful in that, amen? amen. You, can give, you can text to give, you can give online, you can cash up, abide church, whatever you gotta do, or you can give cash. So I'm gonna pray. Father, I thank you for that wonderful time. God, I ask that you stretch, you multiply every bit that is given today. And God, I I thank you for your vision for this house. It's so much bigger than one person. It's so much bigger than just people filling seats. But we're believing that you want to transform a region through your church. So Father, show us what that looks like. Help us to be faithful, God that we would have more than enough to give to a dying and broken world. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. 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 
All right, so we started a series last week called A House Built for Him. And it was amazing, my wife got to speak with me and we talked about the issue of identity. And so for the next three weeks, what we wanna do is we wanna bring you into a conversation where we're talking about what it looks like to have a house built for God. Many of you have been part of many churches with, with many agendas and many things and we're not here to talk about anything negative that churches are doing, but what we wanna do is make it clear that God is going to establish his church. And God's church has an identity. Do you hear me? Like God's church looks like something. God's church is not built just to attract people into seats. Listen, AMC does that. Disney World does that. What we're looking for is a house that people walk into and we want it to be full. Look around today. The house is full and we're thankful for that. But what we're believing is that as God fills the house, he releases identity to people that brings transformation in a region. So listen, last night when you went to bed, when you went to bed last night watching Netflix, doing whatever you did, people died, people committed suicide, and people went to hell. This is, this, is not, this is not to shame or condemn. This is the reality of where we're at. This is the state of our nation. And what I'm praying for us is that we get to the place within ourselves where we say, that's not okay. That's not okay. So my wife and I talked about identity. And we started with this thought. A house built for him has to be, has to be full of a people who know who they are. Of people who understand, they can answer the question, who are you? And we said, it's okay if you don't totally know, right? It's okay, we're not looking like for you to give me the wrong, who are you? And to try to trap you, me and Pastor I talk, it's always a trap. But what we want is for us to actually ask the question. Like at the end of the day, what makes Marcus Marcus? What makes Geo Geo? What makes you you so that we can say yes to the things we're supposed to say yes to and no to the things we're supposed to say no to? Some of our lives are so overcrowded because we haven't learned how to say no. Here's a powerful word for you, no. No. I'm gonna learn to say no. I'm gonna learn to say yes to the right things and I'm gonna learn to say no to the wrong things. And one of the things we wanna tackle today is, is the topic of prayer. Last, last, beginning of this year, we released to this house that as we were here for a prayer night, the Lord spoke something to me, and this is what he said. Gio, you guys are not to be a church that has a house of prayer. You are to be a house of prayer that has Sunday morning gatherings. That this would be the new DNA for Abide, and not only would it be something that we released to you guys, and we would say, but we would really wrestle with and chew on what does that mean for us. And I want you to understand and I want you to eliminate, because I've been to many churches where, where we say things like, oh, we're calling, the, we're calling out the prayer warriors and the prayer intercessors. And I want to dismantle that, and I just want to say, this is you. If you have said yes to Jesus, if, if, you have, if you have said yes to him with all of your heart, you have been given the ability to speak, and those words touch his ears. And so this morning, I get to speak with one of, one of my great, this, this guy, him and Desiree, they carry a heart for prayer. Him, him and Covey, they, they have launched the house of prayer here, and we see it twofold. We see God raising up a Levitical people. I don't, we're going to unpack what this means, but a people who truly understand how to minister to the heart of God. We've spent years, why is the church failing? Because we have spent years trying to minister to the heart of man. And what we have learned is if we can touch his heart, he will touch yours. Yeah. Yeah. 
The goal is not just to attract God. The goal is to keep him. The goal is to create an environment where he comes and he's like, wow. But then he goes, like, like at Bethany, he reclined. He rested. It was home. And so one of the things that attracts the Lord is a praying people. And I'm going to give Marcus some, uh, just, we're just going to have a dialogue and we want to bring you in. And then at the end, we're going to model this. And I want to show you how simple, because this is the deal. We think about prayer as this, like, we only can pray in King James. If I can't pray in tongues, I can't pray. All of this stuff that's just a bunch of crap. And what God wants to do is he wants to show you that entering into prayer with him is really entering into relationship with him. It's relational. And so, Marcus, I wanted to give an intro because I know once you start going, I might not, I might, I might not talk again. But, We're but, hoping to take turns standing up and just get crazy. On. It's going to be but, awesome. But I want you to unpack this thing that the Lord says. There's no other church but the praying church. What does that mean for us? Yeah. Um, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Um, so I'm going to try to stay It's alive. Stay seated, it's a lie, bro. You know. Just stand up. <laughs> I'm going to start here. We'll see where I, and I may end up all the way up in your junk over there. So, um, yeah, there's no other church but the praying church. Let that sink in. Uh, yeah, like literally just let it sink in. There is no other church but the praying church. I, I think that when, I, when we hear stuff like that, it's like, amen, now what's next, right? There are solid realities that are found through Scripture that you just got to sit in for a while. And it will change your entire life. When I say there's no other church but the praying church, that in itself should just rethink how you look at what we do, yeah. right? Let me ask you this question. Um, what made you choose to be at Abide or your previous church or whatever church? Maybe they had a great pastor, a great preacher. Maybe the worship was awesome. Uh, maybe, maybe they had a great children's program. Maybe they had a great outreach program. We often look for a church that ministers to us yeah. and we're not too concerned whether or not God is glorified. Wow. Uh, we're living in a day and age where board meetings are had every week after church and we say, how did the people like it? This is a world that we live in right now. Like, how, what were our numbers like? How much money was given? How many people were there? And did they like it? Did they like the act that we brought? Did, I'm, not, I'm not bashing anybody. I'm just being, I'm keeping it 100. Uh, you know, did, you like that, right? Keeping it 100. Um, like, did, did the people like it? If they didn't like it, then we need to do something different so that they will keep coming. Yeah. And what you realize is when you try to use your anointing to minister to people, but you don't learn how to minister to God, you end up building regulations instead of relationship, right? You end up getting into this thing where you formed a, a formula I'm just, listen, I'm going to keep it straight up. I call it YMCA Church. I call it YMCA Church. Like, we're, we're looking to build a great community for people to come and have fun and build friendships, which is great. We need all that. And then it's like, okay, but, but where was God? And when we don't ask ourselves after, was God glorified? Was God happy with it? You ever been in that service where you feel God enter the room and then you feel him leave? Right? And it's like, that is not the desire of God. God is looking for a place. Like, when we look and we think about, okay, what am I looking for in a church? And we think about, what is God looking for in a church? They're two polar opposite things, right? Isaiah 56, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. Every verse that talks about the house of God refers to prayer. Yeah. 
right? Because prayer is not this thing that you do before you eat your food or after you do something you know that you shouldn't have done or before you do something you know you're about to do that you shouldn't do and you say, Lord, help me because I'm about to go off on her, but I don't care. You'll forgive me later, right? Um, it's, this, it's this relationship. I like to say it like this. Prayer is the language of heaven. Yeah. It's the language of heaven, right? If you look in heaven, if you look through just all the scriptures that you see, like this is a place where everything in you is revealed. And you have to lay it all bare before him. And you realize anything in my checklist, my prayer list, my agenda for my own life really doesn't matter right now. Right? Uh, this place of prayer is where your selfish desires die. Yeah. And I think that a lot of us don't like prayer because that's where, like, it, you come to the end of yourself. Yeah. And you realize that you're so small in comparison to this glorious God. Yes. And then in the same moment, you realize that I'm so small, yet he's still mindful of me. Yeah. Right? I can keep going. You want me to keep what you want me to no. do, man? I want to say this because it's so... I'll, I'll, I said, you want me to keep going? He said, no. no, no. <laughs> no. Can we have fun? Are we okay? I, I want to stop here for a second. I, I want you to, I want you to, I want to, I want them to put Isaiah 56 behind us and I want you to see this because, because he defines what his house would be called. It's not a house of evangelism. It's not a house of worship. Even them I will bring to my holy mountain, and I will make them joyful. You understand? Like, the place of prayer makes you joyful. It's not this burdensome, oh my God, I just don't get it. Sometimes people, I just came out of my prayer room, I'm just, oh no. I will make them joyful. He releases like oil of gladness, like you receive in this place. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted. So, like, what you bring, he takes it and accepts it. It doesn't matter. Like, he takes this. I want to say this to you. What you have to give to him, he finds beautiful. Some of us, we don't engage with the Lord because, like, I have nothing to give. What you have is enough. Jesus took a couple of loaves, a couple of fishes, and he did a whole lot. He did a whole lot. But, But what it takes is you releasing it to him and trusting that he's good enough to receive it. And to multiply it and to stretch it. So, so he says, I will accept it on my altar, not your altar, his altar. Hello? For my house shall be called a house of prayer. So he defines for us. So as we move forward, you got to think, what does that mean for us? I'm not just talking about abide. I'm talking about your home. Come on, if you were to look at your house right now, where you live, where you sleep, If there's a banner that would define what happens in your home, what would it say? House of chaos. You define. I'm just being honest. And what God wants for your house is for it to be a place where relationship is being established. We We do not go into our secret place prayer room as duty. I don't have a checklist. I, we go into this place where we have, where we just, we wait on him. We're going to talk about this in a second. Where we wait on him because I want to know him. I don't want to go up to somebody my wife was just saying, well, well you know, your missional moment, what did you call it? Harvest, harvest moment, man. Hashtag harvest moment. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> Inside joke, no. Where we go, listen, we don't want to go into, like, let me explain the worst thing that could possibly happen in this scenario. 
is that we would not give ourselves to the place of prayer, the place of relationship, and we're introducing someone to someone we don't know. Have you ever met someone and they talk to you about someone that they didn't really know and they give this description? And then you went into, into meeting that person with some preconceived idea who that person was not. I hear all these descriptions of Jesus. Jesus is aggressive. And Jesus is this. And Jesus is that. And the reality is that's not the Jesus I know. But it also wasn't the Jesus I met on Sunday morning. Are you hearing me? There are parts of Jesus that are only found when you close the door. Where you close the door. I want to say something to you. You can close the door right here, right now. Jesus teaches us, he goes, go into secret place, close the door. I want to say right now, I'm about to model it in a couple of minutes. You can close the door to your heart and you can say, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks, what anybody's seeing, this is the me and you moment, Jesus. It's like when I first started dating my wife, we would go to Disney World, there would be thousands of people, but there was something about seeing her, it didn't matter who was around. In this moment, it's just me and you. It's love. We still have those moments, right? It's universal now, though. <laughs> so I want, what we, I want you to hear this. I want to demystify this. Prayer is not religious activity. It's moving from acquaintance to knowing. Yeah. It's in this place. You can come 52 times a year. You can come every Wednesday night, but you will not know him without the place of prayer. Go ahead, Brian. Tag you in. Oh, nice. Tag it. Here we go. Um, you know, the, the thing about prayer is this, is that the, the place of prayer is where God begins to establish his rule and his reign. He begins to do something, right? Um, Second Chronicles 7, we see that Solomon is dedicated the temple. Yeah. And he says, here, let me just go to it. Uh, I got it somewhere in here. Give me a second, y'all. Second Chronicles. <laughs> Praise Jesus. See that, bro? But look, see, I got to go before that, so don't rush me. Praise God. <laughs> Second Chronicles 12 uh, says this. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night. And he said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. Now watch this. After this verse, I'm paraphrasing here. Um, it talks about how, you know, if I send my wrath, if I send the pestilence, which is diseases, right, sickness, if my people, y'all can finish the verse, right, who's called by my name, well, yep, there you go, um, after that, then it says, now my eyes will be open and my ears will be attentive to prayer made in this place. For I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. I want you guys to see the link between the house of prayer, houses of prayer and God moving in the earth. He said, hey, when you dedicate yourself to prayer, when you dedicate yourself to seeing my heart and releasing it, when something crazy happens in your nation, you will have the answer. Yes. But this is where we mess things up because we come into the house of prayer and we treat it like a house where it's all about us. Therefore, nothing changes on the outside and we get bored. We get bored. This is not about us. This is God's show. I'm going to stand up. Listen. Can I be real with you guys? I hate birthday parties. 
If you invite me, I'll go. I don't have a problem with it. I hate throwing birthday parties. Like, I hate throwing them for me. I love my wife. I don't even like throwing them for her. I especially hate throwing them for kids. Hear me out. Just listen to me. I didn't say I don't. I said I don't like doing it. I'm going to tell you why I don't, especially for my kids. I do it, though. Calm down. Every, look, get, Zion started crying. He said, my dad is evil. He said, my dad is evil. I don't like throwing birthday parties because the party is for my kids. I have to buy the food. I've got to buy the decorations. I've got to host well. I've got to make sure you're comfortable. I've got to make sure you know where the sweet tea is and where the unsweet tea is and where the lemonade is because Florida people be acting crazy. I got to make sure you're good. You know where the bad. I have to host you and you're here to celebrate me. You're here to celebrate my daughter. And we're in this place in the church where we come into the house of God and he's supposed to do everything for us. And this is his party. This is his show. Listen, there is only one star in this show and it's not us. There's only one star in the show, and it's not us. Here's the thing about understanding identity, and I'm glad that, that, that y'all spoke on this so powerfully last week, is because when you properly understand your identity, you don't get offended when people say it's not about you. When you know who you are, you don't get offended where you don't hear the message you want to hear, right? You don't get offended when they don't talk to you, when Pastor Destiny doesn't give you the warmest greeting or whatever it is that you need from everybody on staff. If everybody on staff don't talk to you, you're leaving the church next week. Like, you don't get offended by these things because it's not about you. And so this thing about prayer and relationship is understanding that, hey, listen, I have a person that I can talk to. I don't have a, a duty that I need to fulfill. I have somebody that when I come in, they are already there, yeah. right? I was reading Psalm 139 this morning before I came in, and, and he said, where can I flee from your presence? No matter where I am, I'm not going through the whole list. Yeah. Uh, you will lead me, and you'll guide me, and you'll hold me. Yeah. Here's the thing. I want to change your prayer life forever right now. Here you go. The moment you start, he's already there. Yeah. Come on. Come we on. treat prayer like the doctor's office. You ever been to the doctor's office? You got to wait 40 minutes to see the doctor. You got to fill out the right paperwork. If you don't fill out the paperwork right, they're going to send you back. You got to do it again and do it again. Then you finally get into a side office. You're waiting for another 40 minutes. And then the doctor finally comes in. He's barely looking at you. He's looking at the checklist. Okay, what else do you need? Okay, take some pills for this. Bye. See you later. That is not the God we serve. You don't have to go through a checklist of getting things right and wrong to get into his presence. Listen, the, one of the most beautiful things you can do is sit and know, right? Be still and know. It's understanding, hey, I don't need to get you to do anything to be here. You already want to. Second yeah. uh, Corinthians says this, that the love of God, the grace of Jesus, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. Yeah. Here's a powerful word. It doesn't say in communion with the Holy Spirit. It says of the Holy Spirit. That word of, it means where it originated from, right? So if I say I'm Marcus of France, which I'm not, I'm Marcus of Philly. Come on, somebody. Yeah then you know I'm from there. I originated from there. If you can understand that you don't have to start communion with the Holy Spirit, he's already started it, and you just get to join in, it'll change the way you pray. It'll change the way you worship. It'll change the way that you cry out and ask of him things because you realize that he already has a bigger heart for what you want than you do half the time. So let's say, let's say this. I, I start, start from, from connection. connection. Let's say it again. I Start from connection. We're not working for connection. Some of us are like, oh, I just don't have an hour to dedicate for, to the Lord. Okay, give him 15 minutes. 
He'll blow up your whole world. He will. And part of this is we've listened to people for a long time say, it takes us an hour to enter in. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. A lot of what happens in that room is not attracting the Lord. It's getting through the busyness and the, the noise of your own life. Sometimes it just takes an hour. There's a difference between quietness and stillness. I can go into a quiet room and have nothing on, but on the inside I'm not still. So I want you to see this, like when you engage, because I'm going to challenge you this week, give the Lord 15 minutes. But the first thing you need to tell yourself is, I start from connection. Well, what if, like, what if I like, well, what if I like watched porn last night? You start from connection. What if I like yelled at my wife? You start from connection. Because what the enemy wants to do to you is to keep you in this pattern where you're trying to earn and earn and work and work when really Jesus is like, I'm here. Don't get it twisted. We are people of repentance. We are people that believe there needs to be a confession. We believe that like sin is sin and we're gonna call it what it is. But I don't have to grovel. When my son does something wrong and he comes to me, there was a time a couple of weeks ago, he, he, this, this, this really messed with me in my prayer room. I, we were frustrated because my son, um, he was struggling with like his words, like with, not with what he was saying, but in school. And we were like, you know what, you're not taking it, let's take a break and just go ahead, take, have some quiet time. And he comes back out and he looks at me and he's broken. And he starts crying and he says, I'm just a stupid kid. And me and my wife looked at it like, we don't even use that word in our house for one. And he immediately was like, stop, stop. But this is us. This is us in our prayer rooms. I'm just terrible. And I'm just not. And I, and I, I want you to understand that God is like, shh. Like what he's trying to do is release new ideas. So like the first thing we did is you never say that about yourself. Because it's just not truth. You can be acting. You can be, this is important. You can be acting and doing things that are outside of your nature, it doesn't mean it's who you are. It doesn't make it true. And what needs to be broken off of us as a house is for you to realize when I come to Jesus in the morning, five, six, seven o'clock, whatever time, in my car, all, with my wife, we start from a place of connection. And so like we, we have written down here, in Acts 2, you see Jesus, his disciples, he ministers, he trains them, and then he tells them, you must go to Jerusalem and wait because something's gonna happen to you that's gonna change your life, and we know what that is, right? The Holy Spirit comes. But he came in the midst of what? Not a worship service, not preaching. They were praying. Look, how do you know? How do you know that they were praying? Because the Bible says they were in one accord. And what I know is that when we're, what, the only place that unity happens like that is in the place of prayer. Tonight, I'm going to go to Anthony's house, and we're going we're gonna to debate for 20 minutes about what we're going to eat. But we're not going to be in one accord. What prayer does is it brings us together, and it destroys all of the barriers that create division. Yeah, come on, come on. All of the excuses, all of, all of the things that we think matters, in the prayer room, they die. Yes. And when that happens, the Bible is clear. Where there is unity, there is a commanded blessing. Are you alive? No, you're not. Let's pray, Father. 
Pero. No, but really awaken them, God. Because some, a lot of us, we know the kind of people we attract to the church. God, we want revival. And we're the hungry ones. And we're the desperate ones. And we're the remnant. That looks like something. And it looks more than this. Hey! Oh! Let the king of glory enter. I know. My wife does it better. I know. It looks like more than that. And so... It's interesting, even people in the secular world, they'll tell you, I know what you care about by two things, your calendar and your checkbook. The secular world knows this. And so in the church world, I'm a part of the remnant, like we're, we're believing and contending for a last day outpouring, but we can't dedicate five minutes to the Lord I think they're mad at me, bro. You go ahead. Make, make them happy again, and then I'll come back. Okay. I'll, I'm about to make them more mad. Here we go. Um, ten, you know, more, hey, ten more minutes. Can you give us ten more minutes? And then we're going to enter into this together, and we're going to show you. We're going to show you how easy it is. We're going to need, like, three more parts. To this. Three more parts, Praise yeah. God. Um, Acts chapter 1, right, Jesus said, wait on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And they immediately went into prayer. Acts chapter 1, Jesus said to wait, and their response was to pray. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 we need to recognize the difference between waiting for something and waiting on something. When you're waiting for something, it's like it gets here when it gets here. When you're waiting on something, there's this, there's this expectation. Yeah. There's this expectation, and they've recognized that something powerful is about to happen that's going to shift things, not just in our lives, but in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So because there's something great coming, we need to prepare ourselves in the prayer room, in the place of prayer, right? Revival is not birthed through a great sermon, though God can use it. It is birthed in the place of prayer. If you look at every biblical and historical revival after the Bible in history, all of them were started by a people that came together and prayed. In the book of Acts chapter 1, it says that there was about 120 people that gave 10 days of prayer, and God changed an entire region, a movement that's still going on to this day. What would happen if every single person in this room that calls on the name of the Lord said, I will pray, not I'll work my way into the, the kingdom or into the throne room, but I will take my rightful relationship with him and I will pray so that his will that he already said was going to happen will be done. You want to know how you can have powerful prayer? Is you pray what God is praying. Yes. I always say it like this. Intercession is where you see Jesus so clearly that he begins to make you feel like he feels so that you can pray like he prays. Right? The disciples missed a crucial moment in the Garden of Gethsemane where he was in this broken place, the most needy moment of Jesus' life. He said, watch and pray, and they couldn't do either. Yeah. And I just wonder if we're in this place. No, I don't wonder. I know we are. We're in this place where so many of us, Jesus is calling on us yeah. to partner with him and releasing his will in the earth through that of prayer and intercession, and we're not watching or praying. Yeah. We're watching the wrong things, and we're praying the wrong things. And Jesus said, I need my will to be done, and all you're praying about is your will. Yeah. All you're praying about is your need. All you're praying about is your greed. Listen. The God of need and greed is not often somebody else. It's usually us. 
is usually us. We are usually our own gods of need and greed because we walk into this powerful place of where the Lord wants to spend time with us and we go through this checklist of all the things that we want. And let me tell you, there, most of you can recognize this, right? Malachi says you, you, you wouldn't offer this to your bosses and your governors, right? Most of us wouldn't walk into our job and start walking into our boss's office and demanding stuff. We wouldn't. Why? Because we, we serve our boss in a high way that I wish we would start to look at God like that. We walk into our boss's presence, and it's all about what do they need, what do they want, why? Because they're my provider. They pay my bills. They give me my check. And it's like, what if we had the same mindset with the Lord where I walk before him, and his will comes before mine, yeah. seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first, and all these things will be added to you. And we got to have this shift like, hey, the things that I'm going through are important. I don't want anybody to misunderstand me when I'm saying this. What you're going through is important, and God wants you to hear. Luke 18, right? He said, I want you to pray and not lose hope, right? Will I not answer to those who cry out day and night? God is a God of justice. He will bring you justice against your adversary. Don't be trying to ask God to kill all your enemies. The Bible says pray for them, but he will give you justice, right? So I'm not saying don't do that. What I am saying is there's this place. I love to talk. I, I probably said it here before. In the Lord's Prayer, right? Uh, um, our Father who's in heaven, holy is your name, hallowed be your name. What is the first request in the Lord's Prayer? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Then what, then what happens after that? Give us this day our daily bread. Wow, look at that. So if we pray for the kingdom, come on. If we pray for God's will above our own, can I tell you something? When you get so close to the Lord, you want what he wants before you want what, what you want. When I'm, listen, I love my wife. There she is right over there. That's my baby girl right there. We've been together 15 years. Come on, somebody. Why am I doing this right? Come on, somebody. Like, okay, that's a preacher, bro. It's the mic, right? You just start, listen. And when we go out to eat, I always ask her, what do you want? And typically, she says she don't know. We're not going to go down that. We know how that goes. We're not starting no, no beef in here this morning. I can't think of a time that I've ever said, hey, I want to go here. And she said, no, I don't want that. And I said, well, we're going anyway. Because her desires come before mine. Not because I have an obligation to do that, but because of love, right? Her desires become before my desires. I took her to get some pizza yesterday, praise God. And I think that was like, that was close. Like, I really wanted pizza, and she didn't object, so we went and got pizza, right? Um, but there's this place of such a closeness. And when you behold the beauty of the Lord, Psalm 27, 4, right? One thing I have desired, to dwell in the house of the Lord, to behold his beauty, to inquire of his temple. The place of prayer will take you to a place where you see him like you've never seen him before. I want you to recognize this. Like, if we could all, I'm not saying you're the most holy or unholy person in here. For every single one of us, if we could see Jesus at a greater level, it will ignite your prayer life like never before. No, and, and, and I, want, I want you to, th to catch this, right? Psalms 27, 4, this was, a, this was David who had many things. He was known. He was a warrior. He was king. What didn't he have? And then he, he narrows his life down to this one thing. Like, he, he has everything, could ask, receive anything. He says, this is the one thing I desire. That I will seek to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And I want you to catch this. He wants to behold his beauty before he inquires. 
Before I ask, before, Jesus, give me, do, no, 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 no. I wanna behold your beauty. I know that that's like abstract for some of us. Like, what does that even mean? Maybe it just looks like being still. One of the most beautiful things of the Lord is his peace. We wanna be blasted and rolling on the ground and shaking. One of the best gifts you can receive is just peace. 90% of the time when I spend time with the Lord in my prayer room, it's not a manifestation. It's not like, oh, am I burning in my stomach? Peace. And until his peace comes, I won't inquire. Because what am I doing when I inquire without his peace? I'm inviting chaos into my life. I'm praying for things I'm not even supposed to be praying for. I begin saying things he's not saying. So this one thing I asked that I would be in his house, And that I would see him and see him rightly. If I see him as angry, Jesse Berkey gave the best description. I don't need ugly to show me beauty. This changed me. I don't need something ugly to show me something beautiful. Beauty shows beauty. When you look at the sunrise, you don't need to put something up. It's wow. And so I stay in this place of prayer until I feel his peace, until something begins to happen where I'm, I be, God, you're good. And once I've connected with him in that way, now I can begin to pray according to his wants, his desires. So, so hope deferred comes when we begin to pray things that are not according to his will. We've got it twisted. We think we come into the place of prayer and whatever we say, he's gonna amen. It's not the way it works, baby. It's not the way this works. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So part of beholding him is seeing. Jesus said this, I do nothing unless what I see the Father doing. He didn't say I do and then God amens. I behold him, I see him, and the only way to learn this is to do it. I behold him and I see him, and then from that place, like we were in here today, this morning, before any of you got here, and we began to pray for the harvest. And nobody said, today we pray for the harvest. We began to worship him and we began to feel his heart for broken people and for the lost and the dying and the hurting. And I want to say something. When you get to that place, it's easy. It's not hard when you begin to pray from a place of connectivity. So a couple of things. Cubby, you can come up, bro. Let's get some of the band. We start from Connectivity. When you engage, we had so many notes, bro. We didn't get two scriptures. We're going to have to do like a two-week. You start from a place of connection with God. You are not the pursuer. If you go into the prayer room and you begin to, to feel like I'm the one pursuing him, this is not how this works. He is the pursuer. He is the father waiting on the prodigal. He runs to you. And as he runs to you, he restores you. And we begin to connect with him from a place. So you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta stop this. When you think prayer, if you think list, that has to die. I don't think prayer, when I think prayer, I don't think list, I think person. So let me, let me, let me describe to you. And I'm not telling you you have to pray this way, but can, can I just share with you for a moment how, how it looks like for me? Because you have to find your own rhythm. When I go into the place of prayer with the Lord, I just stay quiet like for five or 10 minutes. Some of us, we come in, no. 
just quiet. Because he says in his words that I could only know him in stillness. He didn't say be loud, pray in tongues, and know me. He says be still and know that I am God. Should we just quiet for just a moment? Then you know what I do? I thank him. I make it personal. I thank you for my son. I thank you for our church. I thank you for our leadership. I, I write it out. I just thank him because there's something about thankfulness that realigns us. If we start, if we start from a place of lack, everything's broken. I want to write out what I'm thankful. I'm thankful, God. And then I ask him, hello, Holy Spirit. Is there anything that I need to repent for? Yeah, you should. I just ask him. He's like, hey, bro, like yesterday, you talked to your wife that way. You probably shouldn't have done that, bro. Father, forgive me. I'm not only going to say it to, to God, I'm going to say it to my wife. Can you imagine that? I'm sorry. And then from that place, we just I just worship. Like, what? You haven't prayed yet, though. This is all a part of it. It's a relationship. anything in my heart I want to, I want to come to you because you said that who can ascend the hill of the Lord those with clean hands and pure hearts so if I have an hour with the Lord what we do for an hour people come to the prayer room on Wednesdays and they're like hey we pray down nations and terror no only about 10 minutes do I spend in that place if I got an hour I'm going to spend 50 of it saying Jesus I love you and you're I want my view of God to be bigger. If I spend 45 minutes praying on the devil's agenda, you're beautiful. Wow, thank you that you've let me live this life. And I just want to stay here. And then once I find my heart in the right place, I say, I try to live. Jesus, Jesus what are you saying? Father, we break addiction. We call prodigals home. We begin to pray according to his heart, according to what he's saying. So can we model this for a moment? Can we do this? Let's just be still. We're going to do this. It's not going to take long. But just for a moment, can you just close your eyes and just be still?
opportunity right now for you to respond and say you know what I want to come back home the place of prayer starts from a place of connection and connection starts with saying yes so if you're here you're like man I messed up this week I'm struggling with my relationship and I just need a reset would you just raise your hand right now all across the room yeah anyone else around the room Maybe you don't know the Lord, you're like, man, I'm ready to start. Yeah, hands across the room. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we pray for grace. We pray for grace. We pray for mercy, God. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and that it would minister to everyone that rose their hand. Father, I pray for restoration. I pray for renewed identity, God. I pray that you would lead and you would guide, that you would restore. Father, I pray that a hunger for your word would rise up on the inside of them, God. I pray that any shame, guilt, condemnation be removed from them right now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that any attack of the enemy, we rebuke it right now from people, from spirits, whatever it is, we rebuke it right now and we speak peace over you. Oh, peace. now if you're here you're like man my, my life has just been in unrest and you need peace would you just stretch up your hands I want to pray peace peace Father right now we pray for your shalom to be released you told the disciples to go and to release peace so right now Father we release your peace over every situation and we bind the enemy we bind the enemy. 
we speak for stillness of soul. Come on, stay engaged for a few more minutes. A few more minutes. engage. I want you to pray, God, wake me up and stir me. Maybe that's all you say for the next 30 seconds, a minute. I'm going to have Pastor Marcus pray. I want us to engage. Say, I'm going to engage. Let's say it again. I'm going to engage. But let's pray that God would stir us. And it looks like verbalizing and engaging. We can't pray for God to use us for a third grade awakening and pray like this. We gotta engage and we gotta be desperate and ask him, God, would you do it again? Let's go, bro. Let's pray. You know what? Let's pray in the spirit for a moment. Can we just pray in the spirit? If you know how, if you don't, just pray. Father, stir right now. Let's let it let it let it well up. It's not about the person hearing you, it's for you. It's for you. Amen. 
abide in you and make much fruit, God. Lord, would you wake us up to be a people that are stirred with passion and zeal for your house and zeal for the lost, God. Lord, we burn apathy. Lord, we ask your fire burn complacency. We ask that your fire burn boredom. We ask that your fire will ignite us in your word. God, I pray that you will open up the word to your people and that your word will begin to awaken our hearts to know who you are and to know what you want and to know what you're doing in this time. Would there be an ear to the altars of heaven where we hear the word of the Lord, where we have the Isaiah 6 experience, where we rightly see you and we say, here I am, send me, Lord. Lord, would you send Isaiah into our nation? Would you send Isaiah into Lithia? Would you send Isaiah into the Tampa region with the heart cry that I will say what you told me to say? I will do what you called me to do. And I'm not worried about what others say. Lord, blow the trumpet. Blow the trumpet, God. Blow the trumpet and wake us up. There is an alarm clock in the spirit. And God is calling you to wake up. Get out of the PJs and put the armor on. Get out of your slumber and step into warfare and step into passion and step into love and step into grace and mercy. God, would your people rightly see you, rightly represent you, God. Come on, don't get tired. Jesus, Jesus, quicken us, God. Quicken us. Quicken us. Quicken us. Give us more, God. Oh, it only takes a few. It only takes a few. us father we make some we're just gonna make some new declarations right now father we thank you that tampa bay is yours we thank you that lithia is yours we thank you that addiction will be broken in our community in jesus name we bind cancer in jesus name and we believe you for a cancer-free zone god we are believing for a region that is on fire for jesus we're believing, God, that you are awakening a people to carry you into the darkest places of the earth. We're believing for prostitution to be ended. We're believing for strip clubs to be closed. Oh, you reign. Come on, he's just looking for people that would partner with him. We call prodigals home. what God wants us to do is, if, I don't know if you remember, 
to quiet yourself before the Lord. Because I know that there are times when I'm sitting at home and I'm on a conference call and I'm sitting with six other people on a Zoom call and I will feel the presence of the Lord hit my office and I have to push away from my desk, I have to turn off my Zoom and I have to quiet myself and the Lord meets me where I am and begins to pray through me and yes. gives me the words to say. Not all of us are equipped to do pastor prayers, nothing against what they were praying today, but not all of us are equipped or has the words or have the mindset to do pastor prayers like Pastor Marcus and Pastor Gio. These men have been in prayer for years and God has been working. Some of us aren't in that place and that's okay. But what I'm trying to say is when you feel that place, when no matter where you are, whether you're in a restaurant, whether you're working, no matter what you're doing, and you feel that peace of the presence of God, you push away, you close your eyes, and in the quietness, you begin to attach yourself to God and say, God, what do you want from me? What do you want me to say? Where do you want? And God will quicken you and begin to pour into you and begin to give you the words to say. He will show you who to pray for, he will show you where you need to go to pray, and then he'll, he'll just begin to open that up to you. And I just want to give people encouragement not to get discouraged because you can't do a preacher prayer, right? I'm a pastor's son. My dad can preach the house down. But don't feel intimidated when you start to get and don't get frustrated and say, God, I don't know what to say because frustration will kill a prayer life. When you get into there and you're trying to preach a preacher prayer, it's not gonna work because it's not your prayer life. It's not your prayer gift and it's not your prayer words. You have got to pre you have got to pray what God puts inside of you. And the only way you can do that is to quiet yourself in the moment when you feel that presence just dump on you. Don't ignore it because if you ignore it, you're going to offend God and God is gonna push back. You're gonna push back and then you're gonna feel like uh, you know, this wasn't for me. But when you feel that, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, push yourself away. If you're in a restaurant, like they said, and the waitress and you're dealing with something, you feel that quickening, quiet yourself. Go to the bathroom, get out and say, God, what do you want me to say? How do you want me to say it? And God will give you the words. And that, my friends, is prayer. That's a prayer life. That's a relationship with God. Relationship is not just about is not just about knowing what relationship is knowing God and listening and waiting on God and that's all I just want to just affirm and confirm what Andrew said because it's so true you know one of the things that have set you free from other people's expression of prayer if you read Revelation 4 through 7 there are angels that circle the throne there are elders that cast their crowns before him. There are angels ministering in different ways. There's fire going up in the, from an altar. There are different expressions of worship. All of it is in response to the glory of God. And if you look at somebody else's expression, like me and Pastor Gio are two completely different people. It's not about that. It's about your expression out of your heart. Yes. So when you get in that moment, don't look at what others are doing, but just let yourself react to the glory of God. Here's, here's how we're going to end. I'm, I want to end with something that we could all do. And we could all do this. I'm here. And just ask Him to set a fire on the inside of you. You can't do it. You can't start this. It has to be Him. So if you're here, you're like, I just don't feel, I'm just like, I feel blocked. Lord, would you set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control? Would, would you just let that rise up? I just want more of you.
And this is something we can all do. So can we just stretch up our hands? And let's just make ourselves available one more time as we end. Just like kids reaching up to their dad. Oh, just begin to lead us in that. Set a fire.
God, I thank you for Pastor Donnie and his faithful years of service. And Father, we pray for dreams realized. And even as we were worshiping, I just heard the Lord as, as I looked at you say, the dreams are alive. I don't know what it is, man, but the dreams are alive. They are alive. They are alive. They are alive. And the same way in Ezekiel 37, he blew wind and what was dead came to life. We just speak that the wind of God would come and blow and that it would awaken. It would awaken an army in the panhandle, God. And God, that you would use them, that you would use them, God. That you would be like a fire on the inside of them, God. And that as you're raising up houses that are marked by your fire and your glory, would you do it again? Would you use them? Would you honor their prayers, God? Would you give them more? Would you give them errands and hers, God? Would you send them? Would you send them? Would you send them? Wow. Oh, He hears you. He hears you. He hears you. Oh, Jesus. I thank you for the dreams, man. I even feel like dreams even 20 years ago. like written down, made plain, and you were passionate about. Father, will your wind blow on those dreams? Would you partner with me, church? Would your wind blow on those dreams? Provision, provision, provision for the dream. Father, I thank you that you are assembling a team. Like David in a cave, the misfits. And those that nobody else wanted, you will, you will send them because he will shepherd them. Oh, write the vision, make it plain so they could run with it. 
not according to what we have but according to what we see give them eyes to see what others can't would you bring revival father i bless i bless every person here father i ask that you would make them passionate for the place of prayer would you show them god what it looks like for them to be a psalms 132 dwelling place that you're not looking for a building you're looking for a people would you quicken and awaken god bring bring them in give us the language make us prayer prayer is not a ministry of a church it's our bridal identity it's who we are we love you jesus and we thank you we thank you for your presence in jesus name everyone said amen amen man thank you guys so much listen can you guys do something can you can you take out at least 15 minutes for the next six days before we meet and just say, Jesus, I'm just going to wait before you. Can you do that? This means yes. Fifth, at least 15. Some of you already do this. 15 minutes before the Lord. Turn off your phone. Turn off the notifications. Just say, Jesus, I'm here. And watch what he does. We love you guys. Bless you guys. Wednesday night, we're here for the prayer room. And we'll be back next Sunday. Me and Pastor Covey are preaching. It's going to be an amazing time. We love you guys. And we'll see you next week. Give somebody a hug.